on this episode of Three Bros Sports Podcast, the podcast of three college students who could just talk about sports forever, we're going over. The NFL's Player Association and also top players in the NFL have now come out with the hashtag, we want to play, signaling that there may not even be a 2020 NFL season if the NFL doesn't follow health guidelines and regulations. That's a scary time for many sports fans out there. Also, the NBA bubble is getting bigger and bigger. We're talking about if it's even better for everybody or if it's still Motel 6 quality. Also, Parker Fleming, SB Nation of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's coming on with me and Brett to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies eight game season and why the Grizzlies are the team that nobody should be sleeping on this year and to stop overhyping the freaking Pelicans. But first... This is Jay Stevens of the Jay Stevens Podcast, and you're listening to Three Bros Sports. But first, shut up and sit down. Hey, welcome back to another Three Bros Sports Podcast, the podcast of three college students who could just talk about sports forever. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Tarek. Not Brett. Uh, as you could tell, uh, no, this isn't a joke here. Uh, Brett did not come up with a special name. It, it is not Tarek. I promise you that. Brett had some uh, difficulties trying to get on today. Uh, we'll have him on for next week. Tarek's coming in as a third bro. You guys all know about Tarek. The one and only Tarek Ansari all the way out there in uh, sunny California working at K-High Radio. Also host of the Sounds Good with Tarek Ansari. You'll be hearing more about that podcast uh, later on. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that at a future date. But we didn't plan on doing this podcast Sunday night at around 10:30 p.m. It wasn't our goal. But it's kind of good we may have waited a little longer. The NFL may be in jeopardy as we're speaking right now of not even playing. Basically, when the MLB decided to do their uh when and where hashtag on Twitter to get the commissioner to finally bend to what they wanted, uh the NFL is now saying their hashtag is hashtag we want to play. And you know, it's big when you have guys like Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, the people's tight end. Every big NFL player has gone out on social media and posted about this saying we want to play, but we got to follow these health guidelines. Now, the NFL has always been really stubborn with this stuff. And I, I, I'm personally afraid. Should I be afraid about this? I mean, Tark, what are we feeling here? What we're feeling here is uh, the ignorance of the National Football League uh, comparative to Major League Baseball and the NBA. Uh, when it co- it's, it's like they're like looking at this as a, oh, well, do what you can, and, uh, but yeah, we're, 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 we'll be fine. You know, and that's like, I mean, as much as we'd all like to think that, I mean, there's precautions you have to take. And the NFL basically, I mean, literally, they went out and said, hey, these are our reporting dates. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, you rookies report for camp. I mean, rookies are supposed to report to camp in two days. Two days. And, I mean, like, I are we really expecting that to happen? And there's no agreement between the National Football League and the NFL Players Association. Um, and, really, this is – I mean, the NFL is, like, basically saying, well, I mean, just we're going to do things as usual and, you know, be safe, wear a mask. But, like, if you've got no, like, there's no bubble, like, set up. I mean, the NBA had months to prepare for their bubble, and they're still having issues. I mean, the NFL is not going to, like, they're not, like, you can't wing it. You just can't wing it, and that's what they're trying to do right now. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's going to lead, unless they fix their uh, their stuff right now and get some something in order to get this organized, 
this is going to be a big mess that spills into August. And, uh, you know, if they keep this up, you may not see football uh, until, well, for quite a bit of time. I'll say that much. Uh, I don't want to see that. I mean, I mean, Calvin, like, let's put this into perspective here. The NBA had to cancel this right before the playoffs were to begin. We had about 10 to 12 games left in the season. The MLB was just about to start up the season. Both of those leagues have things in place now. The NFL was the only league that had months before the season even began. Began. And we're talking about how we may not even have a season because he can't follow the health guidelines. I Okay, I always was saying the MLB was the joke, but does the NFL take the crown for this? For leaving players this curious and concerned? I don't know if they could overtake the MLB with everything <laughs> Maybe that went on before. <laughs> I would say I wouldn't put Roger Goodell in the same place as Rob Manfred, but they do make a good runner-up for this because, I mean, like you said, they had more time than anyone to prepare for this, and every you know health professional, whatever you want to call it, said that this is going to continue for quite a while, well into August probably. So I don't see why they didn't try to put anything in place i guess they were just hoping that you know they would find a cure or something like that but i mean it's just kind of like at that point you're almost trying to look like it's not there like you're trying to sweep it under the rug and say no we're fine we're gonna work with this as much as i want a football season i'd rather not have you know since i'm a Cardinals fan i don't want kyler murray or larry fitzgerald to go out there and get corona or any other player for that matter yeah i mean even deshaun uh, sorry, I keep messing it up. Uh, it's Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins even posted on Twitter of a photo of those two together saying, do you want to see this? Well, the NFL has got to actually step up to the health guidelines and make sure we actually have our act in place. Hashtag, we want to play. I wasn't the exact words, but the same hashtag. And it was the same meaning of it all. Yeah. I mean, for you as a Cardinals fan, it's like, you want to see that. You want to see DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray go at it. I want to see the people's tight end. Me and Tark, we need to see our George Kittle. We've been without sports yes. for too long. Yes. And when I see George Kittle out there being told that he's a beast, Okay, I want to see it again. I, w- I want to see that repeat. Yeah. This is a good yeah, NFC West rivalry that we got going on. Why can't we just have it? Dang it. Exactly. And when you talk about the NFC West, let's move up and talk about Russell Wilson. I mean, he has a wife who is pregnant, and he came out and said, listen, I want to play. We all want to play. Of course, we're competitors. We love football. We want football. But my wife is pregnant. I have, I have friends who have family members who are, uh, and friends, by friends I mean like other NFL players, who have families that are high risk, or NFL players who are high risk, both mentally and physically, and without a plan. Without a plan, you are setting yourself up for a massive failure. Remember, the NFL, the one thing it does have more than Major League Baseball and the NBA, is it does have a big, a very, very big financial uh, backing. But let me, let me let's find a better term for that. Uh, it's, it's padding is a lot more deep in its financial, uh, in its financial uh, backup. So they yes. have the money to go out and test players regularly. And basically the, what they make off of that, they could easily make up for in TV contracts, making each, each game, you know, big time television, because let's be fair, nobody can go to games. So put them on all these networks. You can make that money up for how much you're spending in testing. But the problem is the NFL is thinking on the, well, uh, that's a risk. You know, we might as well just whatever. They're looking at money at dollar signs 
They don't care about the product on the field because if they did, we would not be in this situation right now. And it's so, so, just absolutely so demoralizing because it's just, this is the only thing we really felt, okay, we're going to get a full season of football. They have plenty of time. And now this comes out and well, gee, great, you know? No, you're right. And, and here's the thing that I, I think can really damage uh, a lot of fans out here and, and get everybody even more upset. It's a lot of people have just been coming out saying, look, I don't care about the NBA. You know what? I got to see my six, 70 games. I, like As long as you get football back out there, as long as I got football, I'm happy. And I know that there are a lot of sport fans who are thinking that way of don't care. I'm just looking for football. I need football. It's a it, this. I know baseball is truly America's pastime, but the real sport that everybody always loves throughout America, whether it's college, even high school in certain states like Texas, or even just the NFL. Look, football is everything for America. It truly is. It's the one sport even people who don't know anything about what's going on can find that sport entertaining. Baseball is America's pastime, but a lot of people can find that boring. Football is everything to America when it comes to the sports world, when it comes to gatherings with each other. That's something every every family member gets to at least talk about at one point. That's something you can bond with. At least there's one family member who you can. But look, I'm, I'm honestly just flabbergasted by this going on. And the only person, I think if Tom Brady comes out and uses the hashtag, hashtag we want to play, the NFL will make sure it happens in a heartbeat. I think Tom Brady is the last person that needs to put out that hashtag and everything will just go away, right? Jerry Jones, too, you know. <laughs> you get him going, and you never know. I mean, the, the real thing is, it, it's just, I mean, it's going to take either Tom Brady or it's going to take a lot. I mean, we've already seen a lot of big names. I mean, I, I mean, Tom Brady might be the biggest one, but let's not discount, I mean, Drew Brees. J.J. Watt, Richard Sherman, as we mentioned, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. You're talking about all these are Pro Bowl guys or guys who were the Pro Bowl. And you're only this is, this is day one of this happening. This is just going to keep going and going and going. So I don't think Tom Brady is terribly far behind because I don't know about you, but I think he and Gronk want to try to get a, a ring. And uh, they're, they're not going to do that by sitting on their couch. So every NFL player who wants to play and, this and, season, which is – And look, they, look that's, they're going to want to do this. Tom Brady has been caught at public parks in Tampa, basically hanging out over at their jungle gyms. He wants to play. He's breaking rules for him to go out there and play. Okay. System quarterback or not. He's breaking into people's houses. He wants to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's just doing whatever now at this point. It's Florida. He he learned about the hashtag Florida man challenge. And he's like, well, if everybody can get away with it, I'll just go to parks when when I'm not supposed to. Let's just do it. His name is the Buccaneers, you know? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> you got that right but, Bucko Bruce. look yeah <laughs> but look th- this is just it's unprofessional on so many different levels of everybody boos roger goodell at the nfl draft for fun and now this is a time where everybody really gets to boo roger goodell i mean we thought rob manfred really fumbled the bag and he did but roger goodell don't get yourself on that level stay away Please, you should just follow the regulations. When Drew Brees comes out saying this, Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, everybody, you got every big-name player going out there saying we want to play. Why haven't we listened? Why hasn't that been addressed for months? All because the NFL wants a couple preseason games? Uh, We're talking about preseason? Seriously? This is what you're afraid of? That is what you're afraid of. 
the MLB has decided to say, you know, we don't need to play against everybody. We'll, we'll maybe do one or two inter squad games. That's cool. But that's it. We're going to we'll finally listen to some of the players uh, agreements. We'll finally do that. The MLB finally bend it over for them just a tad bit. The NFL can't and talk like you were saying. They got all the money in the world. They can make up all the money that they lose through one Super Bowl game. That is everything I mean, for them. Weren't we talking about how worthless preseason games were before this pandemic? And they want to play two. They want to play two. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I just, I, and boy, I'm telling you what, I mean, it feels like a stupid day because I'm just spoiling. And, uh, you know, it, this is just, uh, it's just so, it's so unfortunate. The one thing I do want to say, though, real quick, um, I don't want to take any time here from, too much time to hear from Calvin, but there is still some time. Now, they've really screwed up with the time they've had. But we are still a few months away from uh, our first Chiefs Texans, which is September 10th. And listen, all that, all the reporting stuff, all the preseason stuff, push that aside. And the NFL, what they need to do right now in the league office is realize that by September 10th, they need to have a plan. They need to have things set. And they have to realize it's not too late, but they need to get their blank together right now. <laughs> without that, <laughs> see, I stopped myself. But here's the thing. They've got to do this right now. They cannot let us – we cannot be let down again. We've been let down so much the last couple of months. This is the last thing we need. What do you think, Calvin? I mean, you're right. They need to figure something out sooner than later. And like we've been saying, who doesn't want football? Yeah, they'll lose money, obviously, regardless of what oh, happens. Oh, they're point, still multi-billionaires. Yeah, they have plenty of money. Honestly, they would have enough money if they just didn't even have a season because they're still selling merchandise. I just, it pains me that we have to talk about this because who doesn't love football if you're a sports fan? I just, especially us. I just want something. We, we started yeah, with football. Like, that was our big thing. We need it back. I just want football. I would gladly sit down right now and watch the Jets versus the Jaguars. With, of course you know, we will. It's Collins our toilet bowl matchup. Joe Buck commentating. I know. It's our toilet like, bowl matchup. I just want something. <laughs> I miss football so much, man. Don't we all? I mean, who 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 doesn't? Apparently, uh, Roger Goodell doesn't. I, I yeah. guess so, but I, I'm going to try to skirt away from this because I, I honestly could just go on about it forever. But I did want to bring up some other breaking news about maybe Three Bros Sports. Uh, we got merch, baby. We got merch. Check out our Twitter page at Three Bros Sports TV. Get yourself a little hoodie or a sweatshirt. Get yourself something nice or even another sticker for your hydro flask because we know you all need an extra sticker on there. You know you can fit it on there. Look, we made sure the prices out there are reasonable, and it's just more as a thank you for all the support you guys have had uh, had for us. Uh, it was time to at least kind of branch out there. All the money would go to actually just supporting the podcast, making sure we can run everything smoothly, getting some good equipment, make sure we can get ourselves to that top level. Because like I say, every single podcast, we're three college students. Even Tark's in college, too. He's basically the same age as me. Actually, he's one year older. So look. It's all going back to the website so we <laughs> so so we can pay off our college bills. Okay, we we have a lot to be paying off and it's it's just more as a thank you for everything really. It's just kind of a it's a fun thing to do. I'm actually getting myself a little tanked up. I don't know about you guys. I I got I got to cop myself mm. some uh, limited 3 bro sports merch. Uh, I got a hoodie on the way, man. So do I. I uh, you know, 
I mean, I'm sorry. When you charge less than thirty for a hoodie and it's got that kind of a uh, swag on it, oh, 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 game. I know, I know. And, oh, hey, guess who's charging some those prices? It's uh this guy right here. I, I'm I'm in charge oh. of baby. So if if, if you want to DM me and try to negotiate even lower, I'll I'll think about it. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, give you, you I'll give you a couple bucks off. I'll be a negotiator. I offered it over to the MLB and they kind of told me just go scram. So I, I, I'll listen to the MLB if they really want to hear me out. But we, we can stick to that for a later time. But right now, speaking of things that are getting closer and closer, I know the MLB is getting closer, but the NBA is always the big one around here, especially when the bubble in Orlando is getting bigger. Things are getting entertaining right now, okay? We got Matisse Steibel, JaVale McGee now having YouTube channels documenting everything going out there. I think this is fun, okay? They got so many different things going on there. But then you also hear about the, oh, Rajon Rondo complains about the hotel room. Well, uh, other stuff happens. And look, I don't know about you guys, but with what you're seeing right now going into this bubble, is this livable for you guys? Like, to our standards, like, let's try to put ourselves in professional athlete's shoes. Now, I understand the hotel rooms aren't the biggest in the world. I get it. But you're with everybody. You're with your teammates. You travel with them all the time. Like, is this a nightmare to be in? Was Vegas the place that everybody should have been at? Or is is Disney World going to end up being the happiest place on earth for the NBA? Well, Vegas, I can tell you right now, would have just been a hotbed for Corona if you have all those people together. I mean, yeah, Orlando's a big city, but it's not nearly as as much as Vegas. And Vegas also has the parties, the limelight. You can't tell mm-hmm. me that something wouldn't be going on there, regardless of what government officials will say can and can't go on. We'll say that with this bubble, it's definitely showed us, like, more in depth of some players' personalities, like whether or not we see him as more of like the rich, almost kind of like spoiled guy versus the guy who's happy to be there. Now, me personally, I could, I'd be perfectly fine. I got a roof over my head, a bed, the food, like whatever. It's what you got. You got to make do with what you have. You don't need to sit there and complain about it the whole time. Like you're still getting paid a million bucks to go do this. That's, that's I gladly do it for a hundred bucks. <laughs> I know. Just sign us up for a ten day, okay? Seriously, I'll take my hundred dollars and leave. I get my Mickey Mouse waffles. I'm happy. What what is wrong with that? Gosh, you had to get Disney in there, didn't you? <laughs> but I mean, I, I the more I hear about this, the more I think this is just becoming real life NBA 2K. You know what? Let's be fair. They're all in a small space. I mean, they're all playing basketball. You can't go outside of this small area, this bubble. And uh, I would, I mean, I would say, like, I mean, just today, Leisure Report came out with a picture of um, constructors. They're building an NBA barbershop in the bubble. And it literally, it looks like something you see in 2K. Uh, and I think that's just really funny. But for the players themselves, personally, I think I can see why, like, you see some of them, like Rajon Rondo, complaining about the food. Uh, and here's the deal. Uh, if I am uh, a player that's getting paid quite a bit of money and I am willing to spend the money to get myself like certain food, but I can't get that food, uh, or I try to get that food, but break a few rules in the case of Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Where he, where he wants to get food and accidentally went outside the bubble, which as a Kings fan, that's just me to the end of time. But, <laughs> and then De'Aaron uh, Fox know, gets injured too. Don't forget that one. Oh yes. Oh yes. For those of you out there are Kings fans, 
Uh, by the way, the Sacramento Kings are an NBA team, in case uh, those of you don't know, the <laughs> ringer. Um, anyway, so let's look it up. It's a reference. But, uh, you know, if I'm an NBA player and I'm making that amount of money and I want to eat what I want, but I can't, I mean, I, of course, I'm going to be a little, little bit pissed. But they got to realize this is, a, this is a different time, and they should be very, like, happy to, to be actually playing basketball in a, like, in a situation that is prepared for them that is, I won't, I won't say completely safe, but a lot safer than what Major League Baseball, what MLS, and what whatever the NFL thinks they're doing. Uh, so I would say, obviously, it's not like, you know, like roses and vanilla bean ice cream and all that. But it's, uh, you know, it's still, it's, it's livable. I would say from what I've seen, from what I've heard, it is so livable. I, I agree with you. I'm, I, I feel when you're looking at it, like for the MLB, it's, it's, they're not going to be making 100% of the contracts. They're, they're basic. The NBA, you still will. You're still going to end up getting your revenue throughout it. The MLB is in a different situation. I, I, I know a lot of players haven't complained about it. And I honestly think the only reason why they are doing this is for the next CBA agreement. Because if they lost so much money out of this year, that CBA agreement is going to be harsh. And there's going to be some backlash going around. I think this yeah. is the only thing that the NBA players looked at and said, you know what, screw it. We have to abide by it. I mean, Calvin, am I seeing something wrong with that idea? No, not really. I think it's, a lot of them understand that this is just kind of what we have to do, especially considering the situation now. Granted, there are some that don't really see it like that, Rajon Rondo in particular. But, I mean, we really haven't seen a whole lot of other guys sitting there complaining about all this stuff. That's one thing that I don't think really gets mentioned a lot is that NBA players typically don't complain about a whole lot that's like unreasonable. Like the, you would think that some guy who makes millions of dollars, yeah, he'd be upset if he couldn't get the Ferrari that he wanted. But a lot of these guys are still down to earth. And I think part of that comes from a decent bit of them came from you know, almost nothing. And then all of a sudden, now they're here. They don't take it for granted. It just seems like what they have to do. Fine with that. Yeah, I don't see why that, it's a problem or anything like that. No, I, I agree. I, I really do. And um, we're getting closer and closer. I mean, the season starts July 31st. And that just leads it over to our next thing of it all. We got a special guest coming on for you guys today. We got Parker Fleming, SB Nation for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's coming on with me and Brett. It's a little pre-recorded interview. We'll be right back. Here we are back. Three Bros Sports. We are still here. Actually, uh, I'm pretty bad at math today. It's two bros today. Just me and Brett. But we got a special guest for you guys today. He was a legend over at our last TV show. He was one of our greatest guests we ever had come on for all the viewers who got to watch it. We got the one and only Parker Fleming, SB Nation for the Memphis Grizzlies. Parker, how you doing today? Man, I'm good. That's uh, that's flattering. I didn't know that... (laughs) "Quote unquote," the one of the greatest guests y'all have had. So you know what, you're number one in our hearts. Kind words. That's <laughs> number, true. Yeah. But Parker, we're getting close to basketball season. I'm I'm getting excited about it right now. I've, we got the players in Disney World. I think that was the biggest obstacle of it all. And now there's an actual schedule. We got games going on. Especially for you as a Grizzlies fan, there's a ton to be excited about. Uh, the expectations. They weren't there in the beginning of the year for the Grizzlies. They really weren't. And they've surprised everybody, including myself. 
And this eight-game season, uh, this is going to be everything, and this is really going to show, in my opinion, about John Morant in general. But, I mean, how are you feeling going into this? Is this break more beneficial for a team like the Grizzlies? How, how are you feeling in general? Honestly, I feel great. I feel better than I would have in a, in the normal setting. Going into the suspension, you had Justice Winslow and Jaron Jackson returning from injury, but they were also missing Brandon Clark, and they were also missing Grayson Allen, who, granted, he's probably their 11th man, but he's probably one of the best pure three-point shooters that the Grizzlies have. So getting to have the full 15-man roster healthy, ready to go, and that doesn't even include the two-way players. I mean, so you have 17 healthy players ready to go out and compete and continue proving the world wrong. And honestly, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I really thought that when the season was gathering a plan for the season's restart, I thought the Grizzlies were going to get screwed because they came into – they're coming in this thing with a three-and-a-half game lead over the Portland Trailblazers and New Orleans Pelicans, that eight seed. And I thought that they just weren't going to care about it at all. But it looks like if they can hold on to that eight seed, all they got to do is win one game against either the Pelicans, Blazers, Kings, Spurs, or Suns. So we'll see. But, you know, basketball's back, and I'm excited about it. Well, is there any uh, any players on the Grizzlies that you're, you're kind of thinking might surprise some people? I know everybody wants to just talk about John Morant. Uh, Dylan Brooks and, and the big names on that team, but are there any guys, um, maybe like the the Grayson Allens that you mentioned, the, the people that are lower on the roster, maybe the 9, 10, 11s that could actually help, you know, bring these Grizzlies further into the playoffs possibly? Because, I, I mean, I've seen uh, plenty of articles coming out about people mentioning Gorgie Jang. Don't sleep on Gorgie Jang. Oh, never. You remember him back in Minnesota, him against Rudy Gobert, the greatest rookie rivalry yeah, for a week? Surprisingly enough, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good three-point shooter. I mean, I think he only played like 12 games in Memphis, but, you know, backing up Valanchunas, that's a great uh, a great big man to have out on the floor. I'm hoping he could get some more time, but is there anybody in particular that you're thinking about uh, looking forward to watch play? Um, It's tough because... I've had guests on my podcast say it, and I, I've said it myself. This is one of the first Grizzlies teams ever where somebody comes into the game, and I'm like, and I'm not like, oh, crap, this guy's in the game. Great. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> You're lucky. There's, there's not a single player like that. And, I mean, you alluded to Gorgie Dang. I think you probably saw that from my site manager over at Grizzly Bear Blues, Joe Molinax, right, about not sleeping on Gorgie Dang and his impact. Um, as far as a guy that I'm excited about to see rise up to the occasion and shock people, granted, I mean, everybody's going to talk about John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. And even like an NBA Twitter, there's a nice Brandon Clark hive, but I want to go with Jonas Valanciunas because I've written about it over at Grizzly Bears Blues. I think he's a top 10, a top 10 center in the league. Ooh. And I think I don't. I mean, he was killing at those. Yeah, he was. He was. But not a lot of people want to think about that. Yeah, you're right. Right. Because I mean, you know, you had this flashy next gen team for the Grizzlies, and they run up and down the court, they fire threes, and they're finishing above the rim. But then you have Jonas Valanciunas, who gobbles up rebounds. He averages like 11 rebounds a game, 15 points. 
He can space the floor when needed, and he deserves that calming presence. But when it comes to the whole hierarchy of NBA centers, he's cast behind like the name brand guys like Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, Clint Capella. I think he's better than those guys. And I think that he's really an impact player. And granted, does he have flaws? Yeah. He can't really defend in space. Like if somebody, if you're tasking him to guard Brooke Lopez, or I'll even put it in a Kings relation. If you're asking him to guard Bialica, he's going to struggle. But in the right situation, he is the Grizzlies' third best player. And honestly, that's great to say because at the beginning of the season, we were looking at Jonas Valanciunas and it's like, huh, this guy might end up being the Grizzlies' leading scorer on a 21 team. But he's a 15 and 11 guy on a pretty good 500 team. And people also forget too, he was a very integral part of that Toronto success. He was averaging 14 and 10 in the playoffs and they were going on deep runs too. So I really hope people wake up to Jonas Valanciunas in this bubble. Yeah. I mean, even at his time in Toronto, he was still a dominant big, but the problem was he just couldn't ever stay healthy. And now he's been able to put all the pieces together and, uh, quite frankly, a lot of players or a lot of fans have kind of just forgotten about him that he's he's even in Memphis. That's the big thing. I think there's a lot of casual fans who are like, wait, isn't he the big guy in Toronto? Is like the fattest player in the NBA at one point or something like that. Now he's a bulky guy. Now he, he's he's not somebody you want to mess with at a bar. But kind of going now for the Grizzlies this year, it, it has been a revolutionary season, especially in terms of it's always been known as grit and grind, and now you got that fast pace. But a lot of players don't really want to run away from that grit and grind like like you said in one of your most featured posts on your twitter account one of the quotes from dylan brooks is grit and grind's always going to be in memphis it's never going to go away we're creating something new it's great for the city of memphis they're always going to be known as grit and grind now going into this eight game season before we go into the playoffs how different is this team really going to be playing like what does this grit and grind this new version of it really mean well, like what is the context that, that you've been seeing of it have you seen some pieces of the grit and grind around what's going on oh absolutely and i think it's very common for grit and grind to be mistaken for this slow grinded out as uh, both players coaches analysts always used to say they, the Grizzlies used to drag you in the mud. But this team, they had those grit and grind traits, and it's because of their work ethic, their tenacity, their um, – they pay attention in, to all the national stuff to a point where they see it and had that as a chip on their shoulder. So they just had that – chip on their shoulder mentality. Uh, another popular phrase in Memphis is Memphis versus everybody. And they embody that and they just do whatever it takes necessary to go out and get some wins. Yeah, I think a good example of kind of summing up their whole mentality was when the whole Iguodala uh, fiasco was going on. <laughs> and John Morant and all the young guys there were like, you know, if he's not about the process here, get out, get out. <laughs> we don't need him here. So, I, you know, I was, I was pretty proud um, of him for that. Man. So I was so mad at myself that night because I was covering that game where that whole stuff went down. And I think I just had to get home early or 
I had already gotten the quotes I had gotten or I didn't have any writing inspiration. And then next thing I know, I'm on the way home. My phone's blowing up with all this talk about, oh, did y'all see what Dylan Brooks said? You see what John Morant said? And it just turned into this whole big thing. And I'm like, man, I could have been in the locker room for that. And it would have, it would have been a really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing, especially for John Morant to go out and say that. Like, I think one of the biggest comparisons John Morant has had is with De'Aaron Fox. And, and the one thing that both players do similarly that I think is going to be big when it comes to their careers is more they're not afraid to go out there and say something. If a player isn't willing to play, they're going to go say something. If anything throughout social media, they're vocal about it. And I think that's one of the big things. Like we hear all these, like all these star players who are very quiet when it comes to what's going on and to speak up about things. But now it's more, I'm a fan of being, not being afraid to go out there and actually speak your mind about it. And I think that's definitely going to be a big factor for them within just within the next couple seasons. But now we got eight games for the Grizzlies before the playoffs start. And you know what? I think we need to be breaking them down here. And in your thoughts on every single one of these eight games, I don't know if you're ready for that, but we're going down with it. I mean, July 31st, the day that everybody has been waiting for, including myself. Uh, I, I, I've had that circle with, the, with a pencil for over a month or whenever it first came out. Memphis against Portland. Now, kind of what are your thoughts going in on this one? Ooh, um... I, I like and dislike the matchup. For one, I like it because have you seen the, the Kings or not the Kings, the Blazers wing depth? It's literally Carmelo Anthony, Mario Hazonia, Nasir Little, and Gary Trent Jr. Wait, so you're telling me the former, the, the, the former number five pick in Mario Hazonia isn't good? Is, is that what's going on here? I thought number five meant you're great. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow. It's a little shocking. I know. Um, so, I mean, I like that matchup for the Grizzlies. I think that's a great way for Justice Winslow to be integrated into the mix. It's a great way for Josh Jackson to potentially have a nice offensive game. And it really allows guys like DeAnthony Melton and, and Tyus Jones and John Morant and Dylan Brooks to focus on containing Lillard and McCollum and not having to really worry about much health defense. And uh, a nice little reminder, um, Carmelo Anthony in the outing, the one outing they had against Memphis, he shot like one of 15. So <laughs> it's kind of having it. He does that against any, everybody nowadays. I mean, it almost felt like, well, I know our third bro is, is, for whatever reason, is pretty high on the Trailblazers, and I said the same thing. I mean, but, you know, we saw how they played. <laughs> they signed Carmelo Anthony. That pretty pretty much sums up everything. But I also know the last time they played, Damian Lillard left the game with an injury, uh, with a strained groin. So I think it'll definitely be interesting to see how Morant and those young guys try to contain McCollum and Lillard. But it definitely helps not having the strongest wing play on your opponent's t side of the ball. Yeah, for sure. I'm also just I'm worried about that matchup because you, Damian Lillard. Of all the teams that are competing for that eighth spot in the bubble, they have the best player in Damian Lillard. And also, they're getting used to Nurkic and Zach Collins back. And a three-headed monster of Nurkic, Whiteside, and Collins, it's stronger than any big-man trio when you really think about it. Probably behind like, the Lakers, maybe. But it's a very strong big-man 
uh, trio. Granted, I think Valanciunas, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brandon Clark is up there for sure. But the thing is, the edge is Whiteside and Nurkic are both really dominant rebounders. That puts a lot of pressure on Valanciunas because Jackson and Clark aren't great rebounders yet. In fact, Jaron Jackson's not really a good rebounder right now. And I don't, I mean, he's 20 years old. His body's still maturing. I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, but of course. That, that's, those are a little things that concern me with Portland. Yeah, okay. So are you going to be going with a win on this one? Or are you going with a, a, a rough start for the season for the Grizzlies? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that dub. I'm gonna get the Grizzlies the dub there. I like the confidence. Yeah, you got You got to show the confidence around here. Now moving games two, three, and four. The second game is gonna be a home game. You know, you know the home court advantage. Just have the uh, you just have your home court doesn't mean the stadium or whatnot. <laughs> against San Antonio, game three against New Orleans, game four against uh, the Corona. I'm, I'm at uh, Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 All right, so what are you thinking I, I like on these? Okay, I'm thinking I'm thinking the Spurs is a win. Agreed. I just think without uh, totally having agree. Lamarcus Aldridge totally. at the top, <laughs> I think they're at a major disadvantage without Aldridge. I mean, the they've Pelicans, been at a disadvantage all year. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, they, they have not been the San Antonio Spurs that we know and envy. I'm not going to say love. I'm going to say Indy. We envied him for being a playoff team for 20 years in a row. That included about five championships, I believe. Come so back on I'm earth pretty envious of that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely a reality check. I mean, well, not even a reality check. It's just a one-year thing. I think next year they'll be just fine because they'll draft some guy in the second round, and he's probably Manu Ginobili's cousin or something. Who who knows? It's a random right. guy, and he's going to be like the next great thing out there. But, no, I agree. I, I was saying at the beginning of the year, I, I didn't see the Spurs really making the playoffs this year. I, I had a lot of people think, like, okay, you're crazy. I'm like, you know what? I could be. At the, at the same time, it's like the, the – the talent has not been proven to remain at 48, 49 wins. That is just really tough for the Spurs mm-hmm. team to do. It really is. Uh, DeJounte Murray, he's had a step back this year. I I have an issue with it, too. I see an easy W for the Grizzlies. This is the real confidence booster win that I'm seeing. And then going down to the Pelicans, this, this is a rough one. But as of today, Zion's not with the team right now. He's actually outside of the bubble attending some family matters. So what's going on with him? Is this is this another dub right here? We doing a three and zero start? I hate to say it, I might have the L here. You know what? You're uh, being realistic. With, I like it. I get it. With, with or without Zion, I just hate that matchup for the Grizzlies because of Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday. They both just have this imposing size in the backcourt, and their calling card is on defense. They're probably both all defensive team caliber defenders. I just hate that matchup for John Morant. I I think out of all those eight games, I want the Grizzlies to win that one the most. And you know what? They could win that one because that the, they lost twice in New Orleans this year. And it was because New Orleans hit a franchise record 23s hey, Morant, without Zion Williams. Morant and, did say he added 12 pounds. So he, he might be a, might be catching up to Lonzo. <laughs> it's a bulk up true, competition. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, and that second matchup when the Pelicans did have Zion, the Grizzlies didn't have Jaron Jackson Jr. or Brandon Clark. Oh boy! So, so I can see it being a, a W, 
you know what? For the sake of the brain, I'm going to go with a three and a start. You know what? Let's, okay, let's okay. There. I like it. I like the confidence right here because you know what? I mean, as a Kings fan, I really want to see the Pelicans just fall off. I am tired of the media, ESPN, over and over. Oh, the Pelicans are the greatest team ever in the world. Look, they're a great team. They have a lot of young talent. It's a good mixture. But knock it off. You're three and a half games out. You're literally two losses away from being knocked out of this, okay? You, they're, they're expecting the Pelicans to go 8-0. and How the hell are you going to go 8-0 and on this type of... I'm sorry. I'm not seeing it in any way, shape, or form. I just can't. I'm with you on this. Give, give the Grizzlies a win on this. All right, we're going game four now Absolutely. against Utah. Now, is this where the streak ends, or does the streak continue? You know what? No, it's not going to end here. Trust, don't worry. I will not have the Grizzlies go eight. No, I'm just really <laughs> selling. I'm selling Utah stock. It's really tough for me to buy in on a team where their two best players don't get along. And one of those best players is he gets phased out of playoff games because he gets caught in the pick and roll against great isolation players. And every great team has good isolation players. And yeah. his only offensive impact is dunking the basketball. And also, I think losing Bojan Bogdanovic is a bigger blow than pe- people realize. Oh, my God. He's big time. This year. Big time. He's the entire perimeter threat for that team. Everything. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Conley and Joe Ingles are 32 years old. I'm, I'm just not buying in on this team. I'm with you. So I'll give that. another Grizzlies dub here. I would go with that as and well. Okay. So now... We got Grizzlies at 4-0, and I could guarantee you every other team that is competing for that eighth spot has now been eliminated because I don't see all th- every other team going 4-0 as well. So bye-bye Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento most likely, same with Portland, and Pelicans most likely. Those, those three are the teams I could see. Maybe they, they, they hang around, but they're gone. Okay, now we're at the 4-0 mark. Now you're going into a home game against the Thunder. And, and this has been, the, I think this has been the other wild card besides Memphis. I mean, 40 wins for a team that was looking to sell everything off. Like nobody had any faith in them. I think all, all the stock was completely sold on them. You're, you're running three different point guards. And for some reason, Billy Donovan looks like a good head coach now. Yeah, we weren't even sure Chris Paul was going to stay there. No, I, I thought he was going to do an Andre Iguodala say, I don't want it. But you <laughs> right. know what? We've, we've been fooled before. Now, at this 4-0 mark, let's just say all the teams have been eliminated. Is this where kind of the, the pedal's been taken off? Jaws getting his rests? This is where may see the fall? Are we, we going to keep on going here? You know, for one, I don't think this will be a point where the Grizzlies are able to take a rest because the Pelicans do have an easy-ass schedule. Like, Way too easy. And especially if De'Aaron Fox isn't playing for the Kings. I I don't think you'll have that rest moment, but I will have this as a loss here. That three-point guard trio of Chris Paul, Shagilis Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder is really good. And the Grizzlies, they didn't really fare well this year against Oklahoma City yet. I know they lost one game against OKC. I'm just making sure they lost, yeah, they lost one. Actually, they went. They split the season series with them. They went one and one. Um, Stephen Adams is an imposing threat inside, and Danilo Gallinari, again, like Bojan Bogdanovic, really freaking good, and nobody talks yeah. about it. He basically was so, NBA All Third Team last year. Like, I, th- I think he should have been a mentionable ba- mentionable ballot for what he was doing with the Clippers. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll have them taking the L against Oklahoma City. All right, all right. We're going with the realistic side now. The final three games. Oh, the final three games for the Grizzlies. You know, ESPN said, oh, we can't have the Grizzlies doing good. We got to put all everything in to stop them. Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. How is this three game stretch going? Because I, I bless you, by the way, Brett. I'm seeing this as a Thank real you. tough one here. Uh, what are you what, what in your perspective? What are you seeing? Okay, I think against Toronto. The thing is, it's it's tough for me to see Toronto just because the Grizzlies and them haven't matched up at all this season. Mm-hmm. So all the I've seen all these other teams match up against the Grizzlies, but not Toronto. So um, I'm going to have that as a loss as well. They just have a very strong defense, and with Gasol healthy back and losing a crap ton of weight, that defensive yeah. trio of OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Marcus on the front court. That's a lot. That is a lot to deal with. And then Serge Ibaka off the bench, or however they choose to do it, whether they have Ibaka starting to fall off the bench or vice versa. They have four very strong front court defenders. And you also have guys like Norman Powell and Terrence Davis guarding on the perimeter. And they can. I, I think Toronto is going to also just be super locked in because they're focused on the repeat. So, Oh yeah. And you can see that they're ready for it. They, they don't need, uh, they don't need Kawhi Leonard any way, shape or form. They're saying, screw it. We're doing, we're doing it without him. Mm-hmm. For sure. So on that one is a loss, right? Four and two now. Yeah, we're at four and two. Now we're going in. Now you're going into Boston. Now it's not TD Garden. This, this is just some random place that your home court's about 50 feet away from. <laughs> okay. So the only time the Grizzlies in Boston play this year, they got clobbered in, in uh, TB, or it's, it's TD Garden, right? Uh, TD, Garden, TD Garden, TD Ameritrade, uh, whatever. I know it's yeah. a bank. I know, I know that they play in a stadium. Let's just say TD. Okay, I'm projecting a win here for the Grizzlies. Okay, because oh, going over Tatum, I like it. I like it. I I think so. They have a number of guys that can slow down Tatum with Justice Winslow, uh, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson. You can maybe even get away with putting Jaron Jackson Jr. on him at, at, for a time or two. Brandon Clark. I I'm going to give the Grizzlies the win here. Also. Their big man depth, very suspect. Daniel Tice did come on after the All-Star break, and while Tatum was scorching it, Tice proved himself as a starting center. And But I think the U.S. Valentine's is better. And also, I just salivate over the thought of Brandon Clark getting Enos Canner caught in pick-and-roll situations, and Enos Canner is a traffic cone defensively. So, <laughs> Literally, just uh, get I'm, a traffic cone I'm, out there. It, it, you won't see a difference. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to go Grizzlies here. Okay. I'm liking it. All right. We're at five and two now. Now this is where the Holy Mecca game where is the men played. become boys. Yeah. It, boys, boys become, become men. men. <laughs> <laughs> well, after playing okay. Jonas, maybe some of those men will become boys after having to watch him just completely steamroll you over and over again. You know, he's been locked up in the gym the entire time. He, he didn't even know that this whole coronavirus was going on. He was still just working out in the gym, but Grizzlies, Bucks. 
Is this where the Grizzlies really show that the real Grizzly Bears are bigger and better than actual Bucks out in the wild? Is it is this where Memphis really makes their statement going into the playoffs, or is this just a possible steamroll? Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, the I think Bucks I know where this is going a, now. I think we have an idea. <laughs> the Bucks have a six and a half game lead over the Raptors for the first place in the East. And that's the last game of the eight games. Who are we to believe that Budenholzer just doesn't rest Giannis and Middleton and gets them re- get them ready for the playoffs? Granted, they're going to play the Brooklyn Nets in that first round. Oh, More boy, that's a tough matchup. Still. You know them. Their but, entire big three isn't even there. <laughs> but still, have them load manage a little bit. And Taylor Jenkins was on Mike Budenholzer's staff last season. Maybe uh, Bud tries to help out Jenkins a little bit and get him an that extra win with some rest of their starters. Okay, I'll put an asterisk. I'll put an asterisk next to this game, and I'll say it fully depends on whether or not Budenholzer decides to rest or give limited minutes to Giannis. Actually, limited minutes doesn't matter. We've seen them beat the crap out of teams with Giannis and Middleton playing 20 minutes. So I'll put an asterisk on it and say that it depends on if Middleton and Giannis are resting. Okay, I'm going to put it as a W with the asterisk. So basically, we got the Grizzlies going 6-2 and two into this, feeling real comfortable going into that playoff round. I think even if just that Boston win could be everything for them. That is really mm-hmm. the momentum booster. If you can go in there, because Boston's looked at as a contender for the East, uh, whether some people like it or not, they still are. Uh, if anybody tells you Philadelphia, I, I will go laugh at them for about an hour and a half. But that's regardless. <laughs> but, I mean, if Boston is kind of the big one right there. It doesn't really matter about Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I, I think if, if that's, that's just extra brownie points on, on the hype train and for big media networks to finally shut up about the Pelicans and maybe focus on uh, the real team that's actually in the eighth seed right now. I, I feel as if for, for Grizzlies fans, it's got to be a little annoying hearing nonstop about Zion. Oh, they're taking over. Don't even worry. The Grizzlies are out of here. I, I, I think that would get on some people's nerves, but... Before I let you go, thank you so much for coming on. It's always been a pleasure having you on. Now, like what I've been saying, the Pelicans have gotten all this hype going around. Oh, they're making it in. Same with the Blazers. Oh, they can make it in too. Why should we be saying to everybody that they are wrong about that? What is it with Memphis that people are just counting out and that they always are just forgetting? Or maybe they've overvalued. What is it? I'm going to put it simple. The Grizzlies have been proving people wrong all season. So I don't see them why they would stop now. For example, going into the season, I was fully expecting me having to spend the entire season arguing with Memphis Tiger fans about why they shouldn't draft James Wiseman. And the Grizzlies would be a 20 to 25 win team. I'd be more focused on are the Grizzlies going to draft Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, or James Wiseman. I thought that was going to be all my season. Granted, I probably would have lost a lot of Twitter followers because of it because <laughs> I'm not a James Wiseman fan. But through John Morant's excellent leadership, and that's one thing too is John Morant. People don't realize he's got a on one of these teams where like, like Tatum, where he's just plugged into this already veteran cast of players and they're a really good team. No, he's the guy on the team right now. Uh, you have 
guys like Jonas Valanciunas, Dylan Brooks, um, to a lesser extent. You have guys like Tyus Jones and DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark and Kyle Anderson, Grayson Allen, proving that they can play roles on NBA teams. In fact, like those guys, those that quartet right there created one of the best bench units in basketball. And we've just seen this team time and time again shock people. And regardless, it seems like Coach Jenkins has really figured it out with this team and generated, and it's helped generate not just a fun team to watch on the court, but they have one of the best cultures in basketball. Yeah, They're really exciting to watch, really exciting to follow. And they're just all bought into each other. And now you have that. You have Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, and Justice Winslow all finally healthy. And mind you with Justice Winslow, the Grizzlies this season started Jay Crowder and Kyle Anderson at the three position this year. Oh. Jay Crowder shot Ooh. sub 30% on a high volume from three. Kyle Anderson shot about 26% from three, and he doesn't shoot many threes at all, maybe like two a game. And Winslow's last two full seasons with, like, so besides this season, he shot 37% from three on about three or four threes a game. So you're adding a 37% three-point shooter to that Grizzlies offense. And he can also create for himself and create for others. That's just going to do wonders for this Grizzlies team. No, you're right. You really are. I, I think this Grizzlies team is... It's being way undervalued. The stock is too low, and all NBA fans really need to buy in. But, Parker, I want to thank you so much for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure having you on. I can't wait to watch uh, this season go on and watch the Grizzlies most likely in the playoffs, and that does hurt me as a Kings fan to say. <laughs> it's, it's all good. I'm not, I mean, I'm not rooting for you all to take the Grizzlies playoff spot. I am a big fan of De'Aaron Fox. Marvin Bagley and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh yeah, that, that's all I'm we rooting, got for I'm, us. <laughs> I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the Kings to take over the Pelican spot as the nine seed. So we can agree on that. <laughs> we can take that. Okay. All right. That is perfect with me. <laughs> and a big shout out to Parker Fleming for coming on today, guys. That's gonna be wrapping things up for today's podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. We got a lot more breaking news coming around for Three Bros Sports. Uh, some future plans coming on into work. So we'll talk about that at a later time. I just want to let you guys know we do have something going on right now. There may be a reason why I haven't been writing as many articles. But look, threebrosports.com has been going crazy in the fantasy football realm. We got writers coming on left and right. We got new articles coming out left and right. We just went over another one. Craig Smucker, one of my favorite writers that we have right now, uh, because of how much he's been doing so quickly in Agree or disagree, you got to love what he's been working on. Uh, he just came out with an article talking about for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whether you go with Ronald Jones or Vaughn, whichever running back you choose, okay? It's a great read. You guys got to check it out, 3brosports.com. We got that brand new merch, baby. Just click on our Twitter account, 3brosportstv, and it is the pinned tweet. All right, you can check it out right there. I'm working on an official link, so I'd have the official website up and everything, but that's the way you could be able to get it. Guys, you have to check it out. But anyways, next week, we're going all into the NBA. It is an all-NBA podcast. It is, we are full go. 
maybe we'll even sprinkle in some MLB if uh, you guys are special enough. But anyways, guys, it's going to wrap things up for today's podcast. Hope you guys did enjoy. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Tarek and not Brett. Have a good one. Three Bros Sports would like to thank Anchor FM for sponsoring this podcast and Benjamin Tissot on bensound.com for the amazing intro, outro music. Shut up and sit down.